everybody. My name is Coach Jody. I am a CrossFit affiliate owner in Tampa Bay with a background in entrepreneurialism, business, marketing, and all things CrossFit and fitness training. And I'm Jenna. I am an ER nurse with a bachelor's in both exercise science and nursing and soon to be CrossFit coach. Yes. We're very excited. Welcome to the show. This is Pretty, Pretty Gritty. Woo! Super fun having our guest last weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, I say weekend. You know what I mean. Last week. You know, we, we don't record on the yes. days we publish, despite popular opinion. Yes. No, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I nobody's doing that. I hate to, like, burst everyone's bubble, <laughs> but no podcast that you listen to is recording and posting the same day. That's... Um, <laughs> There is uh, the morning brew no. daily, which I listen to. They record like early in the morning and post it the same day. Oh, okay. Well, that's is that like their thing? Yeah, it's the daily okay. news. I podcast. love that. Yeah, that makes sense. You would have Shout to be out pretty. To Neil and Toby. Hey. <laughs> yeah. One day we should do an episode like talking about our favorite podcasts. Oh, that's definitely t- one of my top faves for sure. Ear biscuits is one of mine, but they do their scheduling much like you and I do, where they record way in advance. Yeah. And have it auto-scheduled. So anyways, we're recording this one right after the CrossFit Games. Yes. We're coming down from that high, and wow, this this year was some true competition. Yes. It was really exciting to know that a lot of the elites have taken this year off, Mm -hmm. and it really mixed up the playing field, I feel like. Yeah, it was anyone's to take. Okay, so this is happy August 14th. We're about halfway through August, and I hope everyone's been solid with their August goals. Miss Coach J is doing kind of almost an August goal, but it lasts, what, 75 days? Yes. Yeah, Tyler and I are doing the 75 hard. That might be a, a fun podcast i'll keep you guys like updated as it's going and maybe at the very end we'll make it an episode and i'll talk about it but today's episode is about athletic plateaus yes so the things all of the things we have all been there as an athlete where you you go through your ebbs and your floods right you go through where you're like i am making so much progress i'm doing so great i am athleticism (laughs) (laughs) i am the spirit of the games i am fitness and then (laughs) you hit this it's a brick wall you just hit the brick wall and you're like what the heck happened Mm -hmm. i was i was trending up trending up trending up trending up and now i am falling off the other side of the cliff Mm -hmm. so we're gonna go into what could be happening i have recently also hit my brick wall so i can tell you what's been happening with myself and what i'm doing to change it and coach jay will give us some coaching some insight insight on what you should tell your athletes when they are hitting their plateau and how to identify when they're hitting their plateau but don't realize they're hitting their plateau and are getting very frustrated with self Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the the inspo for this particular episode was actually our guest last week she had mentioned how she had felt in the middle of her highest volume of training that she was starting to hit a brick wall and 
we I was able to or we were able to coach her through that and help her win the day because plateaus are part of the process they're a part of the process that we don't want to acknowledge um, we just hope that we just never have them and I think it's one of those things like we just live in denial we just live in <laughs> denial that they're gonna happen and I feel great now so I'm gonna feel good forever and we just kind of hit them and one or two things will happen and we either work through it and get to the other side or it creates a really hard dynamic to mentally be able to hold on to consistency and continuing to work out because you feel like you're not hitting the goals but here's the thing like if you are hitting that plateau eventually if you keep pushing through it you will make it out to the other side of it yeah no plateau lasts forever and hopefully discussing all of these things that cause plateaus, identifying those plateaus and ways to get around them will expedite that process a little bit. Right. So number one, I'm sure everyone's thinking when it comes to plateaus, the first thing that comes to mind is nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And that can be a whole episode in and of itself when it comes to nutrition. It does play a huge role into why you're plateauing. Sometimes mm -hmm. maybe you have to mess around with your macros a little bit. Mm -hmm give yourself some more energy or depends on what your actual goals are. So 100%. But today will not be that. Yeah. That will, I, I do feel like that's probably an episode that we will do. Oh, it is. Maybe we, even springboarding off of this one. Who knows? We're going to be diving into a lot of research. We will definitely, yes, we definitely will discuss that. This episode is not. Now we're going to touch on nutrition very briefly because it can be a reason that athletic plateaus are happening, but today is going to be focused specifically on the athletic plateau. However, it should be said that if you are experiencing a nutritional plateau, some of these things that impact athletic stuff can also impact your nutrition, mm. especially, and we won't get into it yet because it's, it's on our it's on our to-dos to talk about today, but sleep hygiene can impact nutrition plateaus. Hydration can impact nutrition plateaus. So just because we're not focused on nutrition doesn't mean you can't take a couple of these gold nuggets and apply it to that if that's the piece that you are experiencing or struggling with. Cool. Yeah, so Recently, I have been working on a shoulder injury. I've been going to PT with Fuerza, mm -hmm. <laughs> physical therapy. Shout out to Fuerza. Yep. The PT actually comes to this gym, which makes it very great for me. It's mm -hmm. very convenient because during the workout, I can just turn and be like, what should I do? How should I modify? <laughs> Though Coach Jane Tyler always agree with what my PT says. So yes. it's, I could ask anyone truly. We have a very good working relationship with them. But coming into this month, August, we're doing essentially focusing on like open workouts, right? Yes. Getting geared up for that. Getting geared up for the mm -hmm. open workout. So a lot of that, with a lot of that comes honing in on your gymnastics and if we all know anything about gymnastics and crossfit gymnastics specifically you need the shoulder for it to get mm -hmm. better and you need your core to be strong and all of that so i have started to disp 
despite not wanting to, just scale them all. Work on skill. Scale all of the workouts, work on skill. My cardio is, we would say, probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have like excellent cardio. It's not something I need to be working on right now, but it's definitely strengthening my shoulder mm -hmm. and focusing on skill. Now, Coach Jay is very good at, she made a really good point. When we were working on muscle ups, mm -hmm. she was like, sometimes you have to overscale yourself to prove to yourself that you can do the movement mm -hmm. and then work in the scale the body a little weight. bit as you get the confidence. And yep. that's one way to work through a plateau. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, I also, with working 12-hour shifts and my life being all over the place and getting all of my travel life into one, consolidated in one area. Yes. I've definitely given up on sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm working my, my sleep hygiene and now I'm noticing like how important sleep hygiene is to mm -hmm getting past that plateau and for injury recovery, would you, would you know it? <laughs> wow, all of the things I tell my patients are all yes. of the things I too should be doing, pot, meat, kettle. <laughs> yes, it can be very easy to get into that. Um, so I don't know, I mean, you, Coach Jay, you probably have a lot to add from the coaching standpoint, but that's from the athlete. Well, now I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. I'm, going through the, coach. I'm going through the internship program. Yes. I'm not coach coach yet. She starts her internship process tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Not tomorrow from when this is posted. She will have already began that journey by the time this is out in the world. More to come. Yes, more to come. But we're very excited. We're very excited. So the injury piece, that's definitely a big a red flag of plateaus. So if you are experiencing a plateau, the first step is, do I keep getting injured and or am I pushing through an injury that I have not addressed yet? Yes. <laughs> Was both of my answers. <laughs> I have definitely had periods of training where it felt like I was just sustaining injury after injury in all different places. And that caused a lot of plateauing because it's constantly like setting you back. You'll have like maybe a week of feeling good and then all of a sudden something new happens. So that can happen from not rehabbing and addressing issues, kind of like you talked about. That can happen from the compete everyday mindset. Yikes. Every yeah. workout is not meant to be a red line workout. All gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. That is, <laughs> that is not meant to be every single day. So a rule that I follow for myself, if I am in a place in my training where it feels good to focus on more like RX workouts, I know I cannot RX three days in a row. So I'm going to look at my training as a whole and I'm going to look at the workout and if I can identify like Monday and Tuesday, yes, these are workouts that I definitely can RX, I will do that. And then typically Wednesday, even if it's a workout that I would look at and typically go, yeah, I can definitely RX that, I'm probably still going to scale it really from mental attainability and the ability to reduce that intensity just a touch kind of depends on the workout too so it could, I could mean intensity as far as the heavy piece of it if it's a lifting workout could be intensity as far as reducing the distance of cardio movements or 
it kind of depends, like uh, maybe reducing the reps enough that I can really focus on hitting the stimulus where I'm maybe not going as intense for as long, whatever that may be. But those constant injury loops usually happen from a true like overtraining or over intensifying workouts too many times in a row. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are brand new to CrossFit and you're making it to your workouts three to five days a week and your coach, you're still in a very skilled division anyway because it's new to you or whatever, the chances are is this piece that I'm talking on does not apply to you now. Take a mental note and bookmark it. It will absolutely apply to you with your consistency. Yes, especially yes. the longer you're in it. So I'm, I'm talking to more of my athletes that have been in it, let's say north of seven months. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind. And if you kind of get yourself, if you are newer and you're, you have not experienced any kind of an injury yet, and hopefully you won't, there is definitely a way to train in such a way that, you know, injuries are avoidable. Being willing to scale is one of them. Not rushing into higher level movements is one. That that's something I was very guilty of. I mean, I still feel like I am. By its own right, they look a lot of fun and they look really yes. cool. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I'm great. I can do this. Mm-hmm. You don't just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you always should. should. Yes, 100. <laughs> percent Trust trust me from the one who has injured herself too many times in this life. Mm-hmm. Just because I can doesn't mean I always should. Mm-hmm. And the. The biggest thing to knock you off track towards achieving your goals is to get injured. Yes. So sometimes staying scaled longer than you think you need to in a movement, especially when it comes to gymnastics and the high technique Olympic lifts. Scale a little longer than you think you need to. That is a great way to really avoid injury. And granted, the mindset is, People who are consistent with CrossFit are generally by nature pretty competitive, right? Yes. You just have to compete against yourself for a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? Just honor your body wherever it is. Everyone else in the gym, they they don't care. Yes. (laughs) Truly, if they've been doing it long enough and if they are lifting like they're top of the leaderboard or whatever, they don't care what you're lifting. They're just glad you're lifting and you're PRing for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, it is hard to be graceful and patient with self, though. Oh, 100%. Specifically on a, <laughs> when it comes to CrossFit. I agree. So that's definitely the, the plateau that's injury-related. The other piece that I wanted to circle back to, the sleep hygiene. A lot of easy ways to combat that. So lack of sleep hygiene could also lead to that injury loop pattern that we're talking about. And there's nothing super magical that's happening there, right? What happens when you don't sleep enough? Well, let's talk about what we do in the gym. So we lift a lot. We do a lot of high intense cardio. Uh, Our cardiovascular systems are getting taxed a lot and frequently the parasympathetic and the central nervous system are getting taxed frequently, these are all good things. However, the body only repairs itself when it gets enough sleep. So we're lifting heavy, we're breaking down all of that muscle, and without enough sleep, 
the body does not have enough time to be able to repair the muscles that we shredded the day before. That's also why drinking is such a dicey game when you do CrossFit. Now, I am not anti-drinking. I'm not some zealot. I, <laughs> I too, enjoy an adult beverage. But it's really important to time that out. If you just maxed out your deadlift, drinking that evening is not going to be in your best interest. Not a good idea. Now, if you know you're taking a rest day the next day and you can game out your food and your uh, hydration and you have maybe drinks earlier in the day so it's worn off a bit before bed, you know, you can kind of play that game a bit. But you don't want to max out your deadlift, get five hours of crappy sleep, have had this adult beverage, your brain has not only gotten enough sleep, but it's gotten an impacted sleep because of the alcohol and now you're in the gym again the next day doing maybe fran i don't know it's 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 less than a five minute workout <laughs> fran, but that's we're, we're talking yeah we're talking again like very intense it's short but that is the perfect recipe for injury because your muscles are already in a disrepaired state not to mention the the other piece of sleep is your brain literally generates toxins during the day because it's thinking, it's working. When we sleep, the brain detoxes itself. So when we don't get enough sleep, we get impaired brain function. <laughs> we get the foggy headedness. Our executive dysfunctions start to, our, our executive function starts to malfunction. All of it gets harder. So it's that much easier in the gym to lose form on things because you don't have the cognitive stamina to hold on to all this stuff in your brain because you're tired. Right. You're also more inclined to maybe take risks that you wouldn't really think through because your brain is at a decreased function. Driving overly tired is as dangerous as driving impaired from alcohol. Oh, the research supports that over and over again. 100%. In the nursing community, I've worked nights for long enough to, to attest to that being mm -hmm. true. There were mornings I would drive home from my night shift and wake up that evening and be like, my car is parked like, like I was drunk, driving drunk. I was like, I'm like, what was I thinking? I don't even remember getting home. Mm -hmm. And just to touch on physiology a little bit with sleep hygiene and muscle repair, I don't want to misspeak and identify the wrong hormone, but it's a hormone regulation thing too. So the hormone that helps rebuild muscles, I'm going to get, I, I want to say it's human growth hormone, but don't come for that me if I'm right. wrong, is at its highest during REM sleep. Right. So if you're not getting into that deep restorative REM sleep for a certain amount of time, you're not rebuilding your muscles. And which goes back to saying your muscles are in a catabolic state. They're constantly mm -hmm. being broken down, broken down, broken down. It, our bodies are machine. They can only break so much before it's like enough's enough. It'll stop mm -hmm. moving and it'll like put itself into a rest period. Be like, well, now we're not going to move. So, yeah. <laughs> or now we're going to make sure you're sick with the flu. Yes. <laughs> you know, so. Or you get the stress fractures. Right. Um, all that kind of muscle strains. <laughs> Even like emotional impairment. If you've ever been cry tired, I have been cry tired. We're like, nothing's wrong, but I feel like I'm going to cry. That is lack of sleep a lot of times. 
Correct. Yeah, that's and it it increases wad anxiety. It also increases, and you could probably speak to this a little more, the cortisol levels. Oh, which is the 100%. stress hormone, and that uh, cortisol levels impact so much. The cortisol by itself can be enough to cause, and I know we're not going to get super into nutrition, but can be enough to cause both athletic and nutrition plateaus because yes. the body is in such a hormonal high state. Yes, hormonal yeah. dysregulation, one hundred percent. And yes, there are some things that we can do to mitigate that. Will lifting with a or working out with a mouth guard reduce that by five percent sure not the way that sleeping a good seven to nine hours will it does our recovery equipment that we have here at the gym like our compression sleeves and our theraguns do those things help recovery and soreness absolutely sure not the way seven to nine hours of sleep will right they're they're supportive for for exactly what you should be doing right they're yes. not going to stand in the place of your seven to nine hours of good recovery sleep. We all have our data trackers these mm -hmm. days, right? It, there's Luke, no Garmin, excuse. Apple, <laughs> Apple Watch. There's no excuse. Track it just for yourself. Mm -hmm. Track it. See where you're at. You know <laughs> what your shortcomings are. We all know. We just don't want to admit them to ourselves sometimes, but mm -hmm. we all know. So. I definitely stopped selling my soul to the devil by working night shift. Man, you know what? That money, when you first become a nurse out of nursing school, that's good money. Mm -hmm. And then the travel contracts, it was good money. Mm -hmm. It was not worth the emotional and mess I was. And that's why it's such good money. My injuries, how much I've plateaued in the gym. I now work, I mean, it's a mid-shift, but it's still wake, normal waking hours. It's not your... 7 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. where I don't know what I'm doing driving home. Can't remember driving home. <laughs> yeah. I can speak to how hard overnights is a little bit, but not right. to the depth that you, you can. You too, though. Once an, so once a quarter when I was working for Under Armour, shout out to Under Armour, still, still respect the brand, all those good things. I, I left them purely to go into coaching full time. I digress. And we're happy you're on this side. Yes, for sure, for sure. I was doing about a week-long stretch once a quarter mm -hmm. for resets and things, which is very normal in the industry. When I worked at Kmart many billions of years ago, usually around the, the high holiday times, we would do a, a one-week stretch of overnights. So I've definitely experienced that, and I can't imagine that being my life. And I remember, I remember at one point I told Tyler, I told him that it felt like it was ruining my life. Right. And I remember one time, one time, I got off of work at Under Armour, and before I went home and went to bed, I was like, well, let me grab a class, and then I'll go home. It was a 7.30 a.m. class, and I spent that entire workout feeling like I was drunk. It felt like I was on a carnival ride. I had a great time. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't get hurt, but I can only imagine that that's how it would feel like to do a workout under the influence of something. Yeah. The room was just, I felt so lightheaded and not like in a nauseous way, not in like a headache kind of way. I don't mean it like that. It just literally felt like I was high. Oh God. I don't I, have a better way to explain it. I nauseous when I was working nights. Oh I, my I gosh. Like, like it was wild. And part of that could be all the caffeine. I was definitely, and those stretch of overnights definitely abusing the caffeine because 
I was doing them just enough to know how it felt, not doing them enough to have any kind of normalcy in the rhythm. So the caffeine into, I was probably intaking anywhere from four to 800 milligrams of caffeine oh, on my easily. overnights. Same. Like triple, um, triple energy drinks, loading up on huge servings of coffee, you know, like a Trenta cold brew light ice. Like I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine how many milligrams I was taking to well, get through that. I made it through all of college without ever drinking coffee. I, I, That's would, impressive. Wake, I would wake up. <laughs> That's impressive. Go to school. And I worked four jobs to mm-hmm. put myself through, through undergrad. When I started drinking coffee is when I was working nights in nursing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I should have been like, huh, red flag number one. But you red know, flag. Yes. Us with red flags were like, I thought it was a carnival. <laughs> yeah, literally. It was wild. <laughs> I was like, come to the circus. Anyways, yes. but you you know enough. I know enough. One overnight shift is enough for you to know like, oh, wow, this has a lot of implications emotionally, physically, health-wise. I was always mm-hmm. nauseous. I, I lost weight because I was never eating because I was always nauseous. Yeah. But I was drinking a lot of caffeine. Yeah. I was also getting injured because I was never eating. I definitely leaned out out. big periods of time when I was working at Under Armour. Yeah. For sure. Um, Not in the healthiest way, though. That's not the sustainable way to do it. Your body doesn't want to do it that way. Yes. 100%. Anyways, all that being said, get your your rest. Yes, get your rest. (laughs) But I've always been a coach that's like identify what's wrong, but never miss the actionable on how to fix it. So if that's you, now, number one, if you're on overnights and that is just what life has dealt you and there's not a way out of that, that's okay. I hear you. There's a lot of ways you can set yourself up for success. I know it's going to be hard in the beginning, but try to make sure. So I'm just going to make up a time. Let's say your overnight shift is from 8 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. I'm just, I'm just going to make that up. Adjust this accordingly. Pick a night shift. <sighs> Pick a night shift, any night shift. Try to cut yourself off of finishing or touching your last caffeine by, say, 5 a.m. So you've got some time to burn it up. And that's at the latest. If you can cut that back even earlier, do that. 3.30 is optimal. Yeah, I'd say 3.30 is probably good. And I guess do the math and what I'm saying and adjust that to what your shift is accordingly. It takes about six hours for your body to metabolize the caffeine completely out of your system. So all that being said, yes. yes. Around those Try not to be still finishing your energy drink as you're driving home to go to bed. Correct. (laughs) Uh, Then the next thing I would say is invest in blackout curtains. Get the TV Game changer. Yes. yes. Get the TV out of your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Get your family on board with what your needs are to support that overnight life, which I'm going to assume for most people they probably already are. Don't be afraid to get into a rhythm of some sort that's going to help you sleep, and that might mean doing some supplementing. Now, I am a very big one for less is more on the melatonin, but maybe one milligram every three to five days, just enough to support that production, not enough to interrupt it. 
I'm also a really big fan of something called valerian root. This is something I take myself. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not meant to treat, prevent, or cure anything, but it is, is not a, medical advice. Yes, it's not it's medical advice. This is this is yes, this is what's worked for me. And actually, I still do this. I just don't work it overnights anymore. Valerian root is just a natural herbal supplement that helps increase the natural production of melatonin. Mm -hmm. And you can take that daily, and it will not impact your body's ability to produce melatonin. Right. Love that for us. Something else that helps, at least for me, is maybe finding something to listen to that you don't have to watch that you know will shut itself off when you're done. Headspace has great meditations for this. I often will listen to a clean comedy on YouTube because I know that it will end at some point. Gives my brain something to kind of tune into until it tunes itself asleep. All of those things are super helpful and kind of just discipline. And I know that's really hard for people with overnights because you feel like you're missing life. And I hear you and I know, but having the discipline to maybe get to bed as soon as you can when you're done, experience as much as you can in the later half of the day. And I know that's really hard and it sucks. But it is. The, but the sleep nature, discipline. You, you chose working in overnight because typically there is better pay, right? Mm -hmm. So you already have the discipline enough to make those sacrifices in order to make more money. You have to be disciplined in my body needs this. Put mm -hmm. yourself first. You can't pour from an empty cup, specifically in a first responder role or a nursing yes. role. We, we have to keep people alive so we need to be fit for duty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Firefighters, same way. Cops, the same way. Working at Under Armour, too, I'm sure with stocking and all of that, you're, it's labor intensive. You're it is labor intensive. And it's, at least in what I was doing, was very brain intensive because right. you're setting layouts. So you, you're not just having the physical piece of like bringing merch out and stuff. You have to be able to look at a essentially a, not a graph, but well, yeah, it is a, a, a blueprint essentially to be able to set up the racks according to the standards right. and be able to think through what you need to pull out. And all of that is very physically and mentally taxing right? in that retail role. Which is hard to do when your whole prefrontal cortex is struggling to fire because mm -hmm. you haven't given it the rest it needs. Right. <laughs> and honestly, even for our normal people that struggle with sleeping and by normal I mean a traditional work schedule apply all of what we're talking about to you because I would say the exact same advice right I will say one thing with the overnight people unless you're coming into specifically days off you guys really can't afford to drink during the week I hate Correct. to say that especially if you're going to maintain athletic performance right. you really can't afford it because your sleep is already going to be hard to attain anyway because of the fact that you're working overnights you really can't afford to have that reduction in sleep because of adult beverages and it's again it's not because i'm some anti-drinking zealot i'm not live your life healthy and balanced but unless you know you are coming into a period of rest you really can't afford to drink if you want to continue to gain positive performance and avoid or get through these plateaus. 
you've got to have the sleep. You have to choose your priorities. Yep. Uh, above all, sleeping needs yes. to be number one. Then you have to determine what social activities you you have the energy to participate in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I when I worked nights, I remember I blinked and I had gone six months without drinking because I just self-regulated what my priorities were. My priorities were sleep, career goals, making money, working out, and wash, rinse, repeat. And I know it's not easy to say no to social things. I'm an extrovert. I love people, people being around me, being around people. It was very difficult for me to be like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that because usually like save money or be able to sleep or go out. Like those were, those were the three options I was battling with and usually going out had to kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah, and that's totally fair. So... That's sleep. <laughs> yes, that is sleep. Do you want to do our, our one short segment on nutrition and supplements on, in this part? We can. Because I feel like that's kind of related to sleep, so I feel like that's a good springboard. It is. So melatonin specifically... It is neuroprotective and an antioxidant at mm-hmm. certain dosages. Now we'll have to delve into the research, and that's more for the nutrition mm-hmm. podcasts. Sleep hygiene is very important. So if you cannot fall asleep at all or cannot sleep at least for five hours, you may need to supplement. Um, now, magnesium, also a good. Mm. Yes, say that twice. Also a good bedtime supplement. Make sure it's the right magnesium, and I, Jenna might be able to clarify that a little more because there's some different types, and some are right. going to support digestion, some are going to help calm the, the, the calming things, the calming pieces. So make sure that you're getting the right. I use <laughs> magnesium bisglycinate, and that's the one that I couldn't take it during the day, I figured out, and that's how I figured out it was the right one for sleep because it would make me sleepy when I would take mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like yes. in the morning times, I was like, oh, no, this is the sleep one. So I had yes. to, like, move that one to my, like, my um, multivitamin routine mm-hmm. before bed. But magnesium also has benefits for breathing, too. So in the hospital, people with asthma attacks or breathing difficulties we give mag- a little bit of magnesium. It helps dilate the bronchioles. <laughs> so for those of you who are struggling with your cardio as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also really important for people that have ADHD and are getting that medically managed because a lot of the stimulant medication will leach not only magnesium, but it will also leach potassium and calcium, which is really vital for bone health. So if you are an athlete that is on any kind of prescribed and medically managed stimulant medication, you really, really, really need to be either getting a lot of that in your diet and supplementing if you're not so that your bone health stays not only good and healthy in this chapter of your life, but also as you age and extra, extra important if you are a woman to supplement those things so that you don't get osteoporosis and all that icky stuff as we age. You're doing all this good CrossFit to be able to stay functionally healthy as you age. Make sure that you are taking care of your bones. And not to mention it's involved in literally 
I can't even think of a cellular, cellular process that doesn't use magnesium. Mm. <laughs> Let me know if you can think a of A lot of them with potassium, too. And all of the physiology too. is, well, sodium potassium pumps, yeah. Yeah. So if you also are having a hard time limiting your drinking, magnesium is a really good supplement to have because mm -hmm. it depletes your body. Drinking de alcohol depletes your body of magnesium, too. So that and vitamin B1 mm. and folic acid. Oh, God. Yes. We, we just have to limit well, our drinking. Me included. All of us included. All of us. All of us. <laughs> and that's one reason why Tyler and I took on the 75 hard, because it's a really good excuse to just not drink for the next two and a half months. Not that we drink a lot or even drink that frequently, but it's a really easy way, especially in fitness-focused social things. Mm -hmm. Like after the beach wad, obviously, naturally, you're going to have drinks. A few libations. Sup <laughs> yes. Su super easy to go. We're on the 75 hard right now, and we just keep it pushing. Yeah. There's, there's no negotiating there's, with self. There's you no negotiating with self with on this one. <laughs> no, um, that's, that's been a good thing. In terms of like supplements and nutrition to hydration, will oh go gosh. a long way. Yes, like, we let's don't even speak need on to, the waters. <laughs> we don't even need, we all know that. Our yes. body's 70% water. The minute you're dehydrated, your, your body's shunting fluids in all of the wrong places. And yes. then you set yourself up for rhabdo, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we don't want. Yes, keep in it the out extremes. of CrossFit. Yes, in the <laughs> extremes. I have found nothing but good things since making myself drink a gallon or more of water a day. Mm -hmm. A lot of the random aches and pains I was experiencing, I'm no longer experiencing my skin. It wasn't in a bad place when I started the 75 hard, but it has definitely improved. Oh, for sure. I walked in today and I was like, what's going on? Your skin looks amazing. <laughs> it's, it's that. And I also wonder, too, if it's being out in the sun because I can maybe run getting... a little bit oily. So I think the sunlight and the vitamin D maybe combined is, is clearing up my skin. So definitely be out in the sun more, too, which is hard for the overnighters. But when you wake up fresh and rested, try to spend at least 15 minutes outside because the sun, the vitamin D that you get specifically from the sunlight helps cultivate more melatonin production but we already just we we fed that horse we, enough yeah, time so <laughs> staying 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 in the present of what we're talking about what was i talking about the supplement a oh, water yes oh, water water <laughs> so i think water. the combination of all the water <laughs> and the yes clink <laughs> all the water and the sunlight has been very helpful i had a lot of random aches and pains after this last competition and I have already started feeling better. My hip flexors aren't as achy. My neck is starting to calm down from the inflammation. I was very inflamed coming off of that, more than I even realized, because I didn't experience a lot of muscle soreness, but I had a lot of joint pain and literally like achy bones. And I don't know how else to explain that. I feel so much better since drinking all this water and spending more time outside. So there's really no downside to it now. I do have to give one caveat and one warning, mostly so that we don't get sued. <laughs> Again, my this people, is all yes. not expert medical yes. advice. My people that <laughs> live in very high climates and like to do long, steady state cardio, especially outdoors. So any of my outdoor sports athletes, my long distance runners, 
my people that do CrossFit and long distance running, anything that's keeping you outside. Shoot, I'll even say my 75 hard people. Be smart about how much water you're consuming before these workouts that are 30 minutes or more because your body under high intense exercise, under high heat, will stop metabolizing what you're taking in, which is why, and this could be its own episode, like for instance, at like the Spartan races and stuff, they're feeding people full of these like waffles and all these energy things. Your body's not metabolizing under a certain level of stress. It starts to shut down what the brain starts to shut down what it considers not essential systems it and your diet's blood to the essential system so here we go brain heart lungs muscles that are being used which means your diet <laughs> yes it's going to go the one that goes away first the gut the gut the body's like, don't need this. Don't need whatever's there. We need these major body systems. So it, you're so right. It immediately chunks it away. That's why they come out with like the gummies that dissolve in your tongue, right? Because your saliva has an enzyme in it that dissolves carbs and then immediately goes to your blood system and increases your blood sugar so you don't mm -hmm. become hypoglycemic. Do you remember the terminology for the overhydrating when that happens? And you literally like you overhydrate and it, it can be lethal. Yeah, so I think seven it's called people. dilutional hyponatremia. So you, there it is. You take in so much water that you basically dilute your, your sodium, which is again, sodium, potassium pumps. You dilute all of your electrolytes in your mm -hmm. blood and your cells don't function as appropriately, essentially, long story short. I would have to double check this stat, but I believe seven to 10 people die a year from literally overhydrating, where they're taking in way too much water in too short of a period, and then doing high intense exercise under extreme high temperature climates, and their bodies can't deal. So I do have to give that caveat, again, mostly so that we don't get sued. If you live in any southern state where you're working out in temperatures north of, I'll say, 80, north of 80, be smart about that. Less is more a little bit. And then once you notice that you're starting to, like, pee again and stuff after your body's, you know, coming back to homeostasis does not take long. Start to hydrate, get that water in, get your electrolytes, all of that. But less can be more a little bit. And remember when you sweat too, you're sweating out salt. Mm -hmm. So there salt is, is important. Just food for thought, right? Yes. I'm, I'm not saying like, I'm not going to stand on one side of the fence or the other. Just be smart about it and find mm -hmm. that balance. Like you don't need to be like, oh my God, they said drink water. Let me drink three gallons today. That's, yes. No, that's not going to help you. Just drink the appropriate amount mm -hmm. of water. The other thing that'll help too, we have a fancy term that we call bioavailability. So that's a really fancy way to say intaking things in such a way that your body can actually metabolize that metabolize it and use it to support your functions. Sometimes we get into these water things where we're getting really good on the hydration but we're maybe not necessarily, our body isn't maybe necessarily using all of that water as much as it could. And that's why we get the peeing every five minutes and such. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with adding a little clean electrolyte to it. We use uh, 
Altima. Altima. Yes, we use Altima. We're a big fan of that. I have it on order, in fact. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm excited. Very I excited. Use <laughs> we can add the fruit infusions. They even have water bottles now. You can like cut up some limes or lemons or mm -hmm. whatever and infuse that. Good way that, to get your vitamin C. Yes, too. that creates a ton of bioavailability. Drinking specifically alkaline water can really help bioavailability because it's not acidic. Our bodies can actually use it. Even having a little carbonation, so like just regular water, but it's carbonated, can create some bioavailability. Even just like, let's say you've got 32 ounces of water. I can use my water bottle as an example. 32 ounces of water. A one second count of some pink Himalayan salt can, and this is why, it's, it's, it's not magic, it's purely science. If there's something, just science. <laughs> yes. If there's a little something in the water, your body has to process it so then it can actually use it. Sometimes if it's just clear water, it's just gonna run right through us. Right. So there is something to be said for creating something that's gonna have a little bit of bioavailability. Even some, now I wanna be careful when I say, talk about the squeezies, cause a lot of them have a lot of nonsense in it that we don't need, little squeezy things. Yeah, a lot of sugar. Yes, stay away from. but there are definitely some clean ones that don't have sugar or have what you would consider maybe like a paleo approved, like a little bit of monk fruit mm -hmm. or something like that, where it's gonna add a little bit of flavor, make it a little bit easier to get it down, and it's gonna create some bioavailability. That might be an option, but again, proceed with caution and read your nutrition labels. So, I think we can rest the water. Yeah, so even when we talk about electrolytes and stuff, the Ultima, it's something as simple as like, emergency all that is is electrolytes mm -hmm. <laughs> and people are like oh it's good for my immune system yes being adequately hydrated is good for your immune system but even just emergency is probably a little bit cheaper than these mainstream brands mm -hmm. that are electrolyte specific just put it in your water mm -hmm. if it helps you intake more fluids it helps you intake more fluids okay all that being said so you can get down the rabbit hole with nutrition. Yes. We, we definitely are going to move on. So yes. athletic plateaus, what is our next topic? I think, so switching gears a little bit. So we've been kind of addressing the demographic that's training a lot, training consistently, maybe train, has trained for a long time. I'd like to speak to the demographic that might be doing this for a long time but because they're unsure of like where they're at as far as, I'm gonna call it divisions, but that makes it sound very competitive. I'm not necessarily speaking to just competitors. I'm speaking to any athlete that finds themselves always in either the novice, the intermediate, or the RX division option. But I, I, again, I don't mean division in a competitive way, I mean, However, your specific gym is posting the workouts every day, you're always defaulting. Maybe because you're unsure of where you're at. Um, maybe you're really wanting to prioritize stimulus over RX. And because of that, we don't maybe push the weight as much as we should or could or have the ability to. But the be careful yes. with, with the, the scaling to your strengths. Mm. You don't need to scale to your strengths, mm -hmm. right? You need to scale to your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So again, you tell me, Tyler, and you see it all the time, 
You tell me to run for a very long time and very fast. You just tell me when to stop, coach. Yes. <laughs> yes. Murph, my type of workout. You know, just go. Yes. Go, go. The, the second run is my best time always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I definitely struggled for a very long time with weight. Mm -hmm. Weight and gymnastics. So much so that I would avoid it myself. Mm -hmm. And that is why I needed to stick with CrossFit in a structured environment because I... I'm going to go in the gym and do the things I'm good at. <coughs> Absolutely. Nobody wants to do the things they're bad at. That's, <laughs> but that's those are the things us. you need to work on. So, yes. again, Coach Jay didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. But. No, that's all good things. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes overscaling, even if your workouts are falling in stimulus, if you start to notice, and this is a really good litmus for figuring out if it's time to start dabbling, I'm gonna use intermediate as an example. This is a really good litmus. If you're a true intermediate athlete, as in you, if you were to look at a month's worth of workouts and you are doing 75% of them at intermediate, you're an intermediate athlete. I'm just gonna make that blanket statement. I am open to discussion, but I'm going to make that statement. Doesn't need to be 100%. Does not need to be 100%. 75% or more of your workouts in a 30-day period are to an intermediate standard. You are an intermediate athlete. How to know if it's appropriate to start dabbling and testing capacity in the RX realm is if you start to notice, let's say you're an intermediate athlete that works out consistently five days a week two rest days in your week. If you start to notice that you are either finishing your workouts way under stimulus time that's intended, or you're getting way more rounds or reps if it's an AMRAP situation, or you're not PRing your lifts, but you feel like you have a lot more gas in the tank, it's probably appropriate for you out of a five-day period to pick at least one of those days where you're going to safely and under the advision, advisory, excuse advision is not a word, advisory of your coach to test an RX standard workout. Dip Some, your toe in. Dip your toe in. <laughs> now, coaches, I'm going to do you a solid and mention this to them also. Make sure that you are testing that capacity on a workout that is not going to jeopardize your coach's ability to time manage the class to be able to start the next one on time. So if it's one of your first times testing a true RX workout that has some kind of a weight component, and by the way, that doesn't just mean barbell. That could be kettlebell, that could be sandbag, that could be med ball, whatever. My point, AMRAPs are a very appropriate workout structure to test the capacity. Workouts that are an interval structure where there is a hard start and finish time, great. If your box, which ours does not, but if your box does use time capping as an option in four time workouts, that could be appropriate. Essentially, don't be selfish. Right. If you are just starting to barely dabble in the RX workouts, make sure that you do it in such a sense that re the rest of your fit family 
does not have to pay the consequence for that. So Don't be an asshole. Stop <laughs> yeah, the world is still going to stop its access. For those athletes that have been doing CrossFit for a long time and you're not seeing advancement, but you are doing the work as far as the consistency and showing up, might be time to get some. We In the fitness industry, we have a fancy term. It's called progressive overload. Might be time to progress that overload. Right. Might be time to the next time a heavy deadlift day comes on. It comes up, look at your one rep max, make sure you nail that sucker at least five to 10 pounds heavier than the last time you lifted. Let yourself be okay with taking a little risk, but in a risk mitigated fashion. It has to be calculated. It has to be calculated. I don't want anybody getting hurt. It needs to be discussed with your coach and it needs to be the appropriate workout, but that could be why you're getting stuck in your athletic that might be why you're experiencing an athletic plateau you're killing your strengths they're going amazing and we're not progressively overloading our deficits and actually my athletes that excel in the strength hi i'm speaking to myself (laughs) that applies to you too (laughs) which means you guys need to Maybe take a month in your training, tell yourself every single workout that has a strength component, I am going to scale that weight piece to whatever the intermediate is, and I am going to RX the cardio piece so I can get through the strength fast enough to hold my stimuluses, and I'm going to make myself get faster because that could be a plateau as well. I mean, I could say the same thing to my athletes that have a gymnastics bias. Maybe it means that you need to scale back your gymnastics enough to be able to push your cardio. Usually cardio is not the problem with gymnasts, though. It's It's usually the weight. It's the ollie lift. Yes. So maybe you need to take some time, not focus so much on your gymnastics. Now, of course, there's something to be said for keeping up on that muscle memory. Okay, fine. I'm not saying don't ever do it. But I'm saying maybe we need to cut back some reps on some things. Also, maybe cut back the cardio a bit and focus on lifting heavy. Yeah. The other part that I'll say to this is if you've been doing CrossFit a long time and you're starting to get frustrated that you are not progressing skill-wise and you feel like you are plateauing there, guess what? That's a little bit your responsibility. That is a little bit your responsibility because here's the thing. We as coaches in the class environment get 60 minutes a day with you. We have to get you warmed up appropriately for the main workout. We need to make sure that we have worked all of those specific things. Like if there's a snatch in the workout, we have to go over that progression every single time. To make sure you're moving safely. To make sure that you're moving safely. Same thing with the gymnastics. There's not always a lot of time in class with those drills to be able to give you 10 minutes to work and practice those drills again and again. You, if if getting out of this plateau with the skill work is something that you want to prioritize in your journey as an athlete, to some level, you have to take personal accountability for that. We have, if if you are consistent, we have taught you the drills that work. I mean, at least I can speak for West Shore CrossFit with this. Now, not every gym is like this because some some gyms have biases and whatever. I know speaking on West Shore CrossFit, we have taught all of you that are in our classes 
the drills that will get you to success for each of those movements, whether it be the ollie, whether it be the high skill gymnastics, whatever it was, we have given you the drills. To some level, it's a little bit athlete responsibility to make sure that you're coming into open gym and practicing those drills. If you come to me crying that you really want good toast to bar, and I tell you, I want you to take the next month, and if you come into class 10 minutes early, I want you to do a Tabata, which is a total of four minutes, of you know that eight rounds of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest, of toast to, uh, I'm sorry, not toast to bar, of V-ups, and you don't do that, that is on you. <laughs> Because that is the movement that's going to set you up for success with the toes to bar. <laughs> the onus is always on the athlete, right? So it's the same way in healthcare as it is in the gym. Mm. I can only give you the tools in your toolbox, but the toolbox is yours to have and to, to own, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm not using the tools. To have and to in sickness and in health. <laughs> if I'm not using the tools, what good is the toolbox? That's <laughs> right? it. Right? So you have to, again, not negotiate with yourself and have personal mm -hmm. accountability and listen right there with you guys. Or be okay <laughs> with the fact that until your life and schedule allows for that to be a priority, be okay with where you're, where you're at. Because eventually spending any time at all will progress you, but understand it's gonna take you longer because there's nothing expediting the bridge of that gap. If you come to classes long enough, you will get the thing, especially if you're consistent, because at some point we will do the drill long enough or something will happen in class where you've just seen it enough over the years that it'll click. And I'm speaking from experience, but if you don't have time to bridge that gap a little bit with time on your own, just know that that's going to take a little bit longer and that's okay. It's that's working that neurogenic component, yes. right? Like as long as, and what is it in the book, The Outliers, 10,000 hours of that's practice. That's it, I was just about to makes, say that. Makes you a master yes. at your craft. In each thing, in yeah. each thing, think about that. Man, you could break that down. Maybe it's Ollie that you wanna get better at. You wanna get better at the snatches. 10,000 hours to become an expert at snatching. So start, that's not start, even, today, that's, start with one minute. Yes, yeah, start with one minute and you'll get there. So all of that to say, if your lifestyle does not afford you the time to be able to close the gap and get some extra work in during open gym hours or at home or whatever the case may be, that is okay. But that means you can't then also be upset that your skills are plateaued. Push through it, you will get there. It might just take a little longer but that's part of the journey, right? So like if you're, we'll go back to our overnight athletes. If you're working overnights and you simply do not have the physical gas or mental capacity to get into open gym or spend a little time after class because you need to go to work, that is okay. But understand that that's part of the plateau that you're experiencing. Just enjoy the journey and be glad that in the schedule that you're keeping, you're even able to show up at all. Yeah, if there's any recommendation as a night when I was a night shift nurse that I can make is just staying consistent. Yes. Just keeping what you have and not losing what you have. Yes. So I would show up and be like, I'm here. 
and sometimes that's <laughs> I all. am physically here yes. and I will do the things that I am capable of doing. No more, no less. Just maintain. And if you have good coaches and they know that you're on an overnight schedule, they should be able to set you up for success accordingly. I've had athletes in my room coming off at overnights and they, you got to treat them a little bit different. Not different as far as like the workout and stuff, but you you have to really make sure that they are scaled appropriately for the workout and really double check with them and make sure that they understand what is happening because cognitive function is in a deficit. Even if they get eight hours of great sleep, even if their hydration is flawless, overnights do something to the body and the brain. It's just what it is. So you really they have to. The research. You got to take care of those it. athletes. You got to treat them a little different, coaches. And again, not different in the sense of an an ostracizing kind of way. I don't mean it like that. No. But you really, after you're done with your group brief, you need to make sure that they are scaled and such like overhead movements. You got to scale them a little extra because their joints are just not going to be functioning their cognitive is not going to be functioning reception isn't there right exactly <laughs> that's it that's it and they might not have understood the 600 words that you said explaining the workout so make sure they understand what the goal of the day is make sure that they understand that we're doing a 15 minute amrap of this this and this make sure that they're set up for success check on them one more time before three two one go i'm not saying you have to spend your whole class with them but make sure that they are set up for success the last thing I want to touch on, and it'll be very brief, and it really comes down to just the, one of the main rule, the, the main definition of CrossFit. One of the things that can lead to plateaus and also injury loop cycles is programming that's not varied enough. Constantly varied. Constantly varied. In the varied. definition of CrossFit. <laughs> yes. High intensity, constantly varied functional movements. Yeah. That's it. So. I don't want to get in trouble, <laughs> but I, uh, there is a particular training program that I have followed three different times in my life. It starts with a C, ends with train, <laughs> as much as I'll say. I uh, definitely have never used this in the West Shore CrossFit setting. We follow true CrossFit because we are purists. I digress. That training at the time was very focused on training fast twitch muscles. Really fancy way to say long cardio durations, lots of cardio in general, lots of fast body weight, a lot of burpees, also a lot of kipping movements done very fast, a lot of double under stuff, very taxing on the stabilizers, the little baby stabilizers. Which are only meant to be worked out. I mean, they're always working, but completely honed in on so often because mm -hmm. they can't take the load that right. your your like gross motor mm -hmm. muscles can. So like your glutes, movers, your your quads, mm -hmm. like your your chest, your lats. You mm -hmm. know, there it opens you up to injury. Yes, I've been there. We've done it. Every time I have followed that muscles. programming, I have gotten injured. Yep. As a young athlete in the sense of new to CrossFit, as an experienced athlete, as in I was starting to get into competing, not, not good. So you want to look for programming, and I'm not saying it has to be just CrossFit, 
but you want to look for programming that's well-rounded and also is going to develop the slow twitch muscles. How do you know the difference? Fast twitch controls fast things. Slow twitch are going to be your big muscles. So for instance, your leg muscles, the quads, which are the muscles that are on the top of your leg, those are big muscles. Think of it as in, in our NASM textbook, it's, it's called a prime mover. It is a main large muscle group that does the moving for your body. Calves, the, ca the muscles in the calves could be considered a prime mover. Your buys and tries could be considered a prime mover. Those are, those are prime moving muscles. A stabilizer or a fast twitch muscle is the little muscles that would be in like your pectorials, where your chest is. It could be, I don't know, what's another good example of one? So your hip flexors. Ah, yeah, that's a good uh, one. The, like, lots of, from playing soccer and stuff, lots of female athletes tear mm -hmm. their hip flexors. There's, like, several different types of muscles in there. We're not going to go into all the all medicine, that. Yeah, no, medical, we don't have to go into all that. They, like, those easily tear your, your abductors, your adductors. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to be on this machine, <laughs> the adductor machine, throwing up a PR. Or, yeah. like, you don't need to do that. Those muscles are not meant to take all that weight. They're stabilizers for your big movers, yes. the, the quads. And so you got to train both. You do have to train both, yes. And... Take a self-audit, and this is for coaches, athletes, affiliate owners. Be auditing your overall programming that you've been doing. Is there a bias? Is there any movements that you know your gym avoids? Inherent biases, and you don't yes. recognize them and that's why because we, they're your bias. Yes, 100%. That's why I'm a big fan of... of affiliates using programming that they are not doing in-house because no matter what that personal bias is going to come in if you have a if you are a head coach or an affiliate owner that got burned doing like a split jerk for instance your personal bias is going to inhibit your ability to want the athletes to do it so i'm not saying you might never have them do it but you're not going to put it in there regularly Right. You know, if you are a head coach that's a CrossFit level two, but your favorite thing in the world and your main sport is Olympic lifting, you don't think that bias isn't going to show up oh. in Olympic lifts? Oh, yeah. That's if you are a powerlifting athlete who does CrossFit purely to get the well-roundedness, you don't think you're going to have a bias towards heavy powerlifting days? Mm -hmm. That's that's why it's so important to really take all accounts, affiliate owners, coaches, and athletes, take a personal accountability and make sure that your programming is well-rounded. And that's going to push you. If, if you're plateauing and you've been doing it a while and you're not seeing results in places where you feel like you should, take an audit and figure out if there's something missing in your programming. Be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes, 100%. Well, I think we have fed this horse. I think so, too. I think so, too. This was a great episode. All right, guys. Well, we will speak at you next week 
win the day, win the week, win the weekend. Land this plane. Let us Land know it. what your plateaus have been and how you're overcoming yes. them. If you guys have questions, you can DM them on our, what is it, Instagram. That's what it's called. <laughs> Which social media <laughs> platform? We've got a ton yes. of them now. <laughs> West Shore CrossFit. Or you can DM me at jacked underscore by underscore Jody. That's with a Y. Or J underscore regs with one G. <laughs> one G. <laughs> one G. It's me at my most blonde. Yeah. Or you can always <laughs> shoot us. me at my most blonde. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. And you can always email us if you don't have social media. I respect that. You can always email us at info at westshorecrossfit.com. Cool. See you next week. See you next week. Win the day. Win the day.